change is all we can count on. Imagine if that head trash was not there. Who would you be? What if I told you those fears were no longer a problem? What would you do? I'm Stephanie Costello, a mom of three, wife, and avid mountaineer. Beyond all of these, I am, very much like you, an average person trying to navigate this thing we call life. My goal with this podcast is to bring to light the truth about what intimacy really is. You may smile, feel called out, or learn something new. Either way, you will learn you are in control. Please join me in welcoming Han Hamill, the owner of Owl Eye Readings. Han aims to offer insight through tarot, angelic messages, intuition, and synchronicities. They use their intuitive gifts to empower others to enrich their lives. Along with being intuitive, Han is also a graphic designer. Han's graphic design services include logo design, branding, collateral creation, portraits, and more. Han's collages of loved ones who have passed wedding portraits, graduation portraits, maternity portraits, and pet portraits offer a deep enjoying mixture of graphic design talents and intuitive abilities during these projects. All right, all right. Welcome to the Intimacy Truths podcast where we have Han Hamill here talking to us about being authentically you. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. You are very welcome. And I am beyond excited to talk to you about your journey of uh, coming out as non-binary. Um, this is one that I know I've heard before, but I'm very excited and passionate about bringing your story to the listeners and to people who may be thinking about it and trying to figure out them, their own selves and how to be authentically them. Um, so please tell us how your journey started. <laughs> okay. Um... Well, I suppose I should start at the beginning. So before figuring out gender at all, it was really easy for me to figure out sexuality. And a lot of the times those two things are intertwined. So sometimes you start with gender or sexuality and then you figure out the other um, or vice versa. So at like age 13, I, I was like, oh, I like girls too, but I'm going to stuff that down deep and deal with it later. <laughs> and I really only, um, I have a twin, a twin sister, and I really only told her. And it's funny, she came out to me as well. So we just kind of like told each other and then zipped it shut and didn't say anything for a while. Um, and then I had my first girl kiss when I was 17 and I was like, I should probably start telling people. Um, I had my first girlfriend in college, my first year of college when I was 18. And then I finally told my family, um, my mom, my mom didn't know about me or my sister. (laughs) So it was kind of um, two for one deal because she got both of us. Um, so I told her about that. Um, she was really accepting. Obviously, my sister's really accepting. Very smooth um, ride for that. Um, a lot of acceptance, like what, what, whether it was in a professional setting, personal setting, school, whatever. So um, that was pretty good. And then when I got into college, 
I think maybe like my junior year, I read this book. I think I want to say it was Bell Hooks, but I might be off. I didn't read the whole thing. Um, my girlfriend at the time was reading it for a class and I was like, wow, this looks so interesting. Let me look at it. And I looked at like a couple of chapters and then had a crisis. So I was like, what is gender? Um, but school was like super hard. I was going to school full time. I was also working and then dealing with like some mental health stuff. So I was like, I don't have time for this. I don't have the brain power for it. So I just kind of stuffed it down deep inside once again. And um, then the pandemic came along and obviously we're, we're all having um, kind of isolation, hermit moments going inward. It's just easier to go inward when mm-hmm. we don't have all these external things going on, like work and school, um, just like socializing in general. So I was really just seeing my family um, and my husband and I was on TikTok a lot, which TikTok is like super entertaining, interesting, like history on there, um, silly stuff like dancing, cooking. Uh, sorry, I live on Main Street and it's a little loud. No worries. Uh, but very diverse, so interesting. You can learn a lot of stuff on there. And obviously there's a big pride community. So the, um, the For You page was showing a lot of that. And then there was a lot of people who were talking about gender and they're like, now that I'm in the pandemic and I don't have to perform a certain way for other people, mm-hmm. I'm having to really critically think about my gender and say, is this right for me? Or was I just doing it because it was expected of me? Mm-hmm. And I just kind of fell, fell in line. Um, and I was like, Oh, uh, that feels a little too, um, on point for me. So those, those videos kept coming up and having other people articulate what I couldn't really helped me figure out like, okay, maybe the gender binary is not for me. It works for some people, but it doesn't work for a lot of people. Um, so then I was talking to my twin about it because one of my hangups when I was in college also was that we're identical twins. Like if I'm non-binary, it felt at that time that there was a disconnect because of that. Like maybe we wouldn't be identical twins anymore this like most sacred special bond that I have in my life, maybe it would be marred by me being Mm non-binary. And that was like very um, scary to me. So I talked to her about it and she was like, I don't care. I love you no matter what. I will support you in any way. I want you to be happy. You will always be my twin, no matter what. Um, And then I talked to my husband about it and he was very good about it because he's a trans man. So the gender crisis is not something that is foreign to him or new to him. Um, So he was like, I want you to be happy. Uh, You can tell people when you want to tell people, I'll like help you tell my family if you want. He he was very supportive. Um, And then really the only thing I was scared about was telling my mom, even though she was really accepting of sexuality, I was scared to tell her because she, a lot of her identity is around being a mother and being a mother of two girls. Mm -hmm. So like people would be like, Oh, how are the girls? How are the girls? The girls says the girls that, and I didn't want to make life difficult for her. I didn't want to cause any like awkward social situations for her. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't want to be a burden to her essentially. And 
I kind of like worked around that just being like, I wouldn't want someone to not be their authentic self around me just because that they thought I would perceive it as a burden. Like I would not want that for anyone else. Um, and also like I could die tomorrow. So I, we're all specks of dust in the universe. Like we're so, it's so small. It's big in my life, but in the grand scheme of things, it's so like, to me seemingly inconsequential. So I should just like be my authentic self and just tell her if she stumbles and has issues with it, then like I can help her or uh, she can figure it out on her own. But anyways, she was very accepting and she's uh, good about it. Sometimes she has to like run through the names. Like she'll call me my sister's name and then call me my old name and then be like, oh, sorry, this one. Um, but she used to do that all the time when we were little too. Anyway, she'd be like, what are you guys doing in the other room? And like call us the wrong names. So I think it's just kind of a habit, but, um, yeah. yeah. So the pandemic, although it was not such a fun time for everyone, it offered a lot of introspection and led me to where I am now. Very <laughs> exciting. Thank you for yeah. sharing all that. And I have like a few there's, I was writing, taking notes as you were talking. One of the things that I wrote down is, is this right for me? Or am I just doing this because it is expected of me? That is a huge, like, Ooh, like, you know, wave of, <laughs> right. Trying to figure out that question and, and what that question brings uh, for any human to, to ask that. And then the, the potential consequences of, figuring out what the answer is to that question. So how did you navigate that experience for yourself? Um, well, I think having first the experience with sexuality first, like earlier when we were talking about it, I did say like it was pretty relatively smooth sailing for me, but I think I say that in comparison to like other stories I've heard where like people just get disowned. There was some like, turmoil about it um because it's like this big scary thing but having that experience as kind of a roadmap being like I had to figure out like do I like boys um is this just because like I was told to do I like girls does everyone just think they're pretty like it's it served as a framework to be like okay I had to question all of this stuff about myself at a really young age and now I'm an adult, so I have more language, I have more tools, I can use the framework that I had before and apply it to this situation. So I think that definitely helped me get through it. Yes, for sure. And change is scary. At the core of what we're talking about, that change in those transitions and how to navigate those and, and oh no, what's going to happen if this person doesn't accept it and how do I navigate that, right? That, that's all of the, the uh, not reciprocal, but the continued thoughts and the train that just keeps mm -hmm. going on until we get to a place of acceptance. So right now you're talking about your initial um, opening of your sexuality as if it was this breeze. But back then, I'm pretty sure there was a lot of fears, a lot of worries, right? A lot of dis disruption in your safety as you, as I really work hard in helping people find safety in freedom, right? where you were talking about safety over freedom when you were scared back then, when you were coming out, it's like, oh no. And same thing with your bond with your sister. Oh no, what happens? Am I gonna lose this safety? 
with this desire for this freedom of, for my own happiness. Right. And that's one of the biggest challenges. And one of the, the million dollar question of how do I find safety in freedom rather than lose a little bit of freedom for a little bit of safety or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, really the key is creating that safety for ourselves and re-identifying that safety and during that time to change and during those times of transition. So if you had one, one tip about that you could give to somebody who is questioning their sexuality, questioning their gender, questioning anything of their, how they identify, um, what, what's the biggest uh, offering of support you would, you would give them? I think I would say two things. I would say that coming out is a also like a societal structure. So like you don't have to if you don't want to because straight people don't need to come out. Um, And it's kind of this colonial idea that we have in our society. Yeah. Um, I like so that. Like, <laughs> you don't have to if you don't want to. Right. Um, it's your private business. And also safety is important. Like if you're a young person um, and maybe you're in an unsupportive household and you can't come out or you'll get kicked out or abused in some way, um, you are not being less authentic if you don't come out. Um, safety is important. And mm-hmm if you know who you are and you love and accept yourself for who you are, that's the most important thing. Um, so I would say, yeah, coming out is not a must safety, especially for young people. is important. Um, you will find your community really quickly. Uh, Just to add to that, that place, that acceptance, meeting that acceptance externally is, is a valuable thing. If you can't get it, finding that way to have that acceptance internally in a safe way is so important. Um, acceptance and then definition. You don't have to define yourself to anyone outside. Only you get to define you for you. And that's where it counts most and living how to live. So really what we're talking about. So the second I'm have a, I, I'm wondering if the second tip you're going to give is helping people with learning how to uh, live their authentic life in a world where there is really not much authenticity uh, that is acceptable, right? If you're not what the structure says you should be, then you're not accepted, right? Or you have to define yourself in order to be accepted. So I'm curious, what's your second tip? Um, well, the second tip would be that you don't have to be likable to everyone. Um, not everyone is going to accept you. Not everyone is going to like you. And that was kind of a hard thing for me to accept because, um, I've always been kind of like a pretty, not to be, it's not like an ego thing, but I've never had like people not like me for no reason before. Like maybe we've had like a tiff or an argument or something, but being like, a socially acceptable sized person and being like able-bodied and being white, like I'm very likable to like what is supposed to be liked. Yeah. But coming out as non-binary, like you have to make waves and you kind of have to like stick up for yourself. And there are going to be a lot of people that don't like that. Um, Mm. You can kind of hide your sexuality a little bit more. Like it's not something that is 
you can let people in on it and share it, but it's not something that is like right in your face um, always. So for me to be like, it's always been easier for me to like stick up for other people and um, say things on their behalf. But for myself, it's kind of a little harder to say things for myself. So being like, okay, you're going to have to like correct people if they misgender you. Um, and it's okay. That's valid. Like you, you're allowed to do that. And that might make people not like you. And that's okay. Um, because if someone doesn't like me for like what's literally hurting no one, um, then they're not someone I want to be friends with. They're not someone I want to work for or work with. Um, and that's okay. You don't have to be this like perfect little package presentable to everyone because yeah. that's not realistic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so empowering. And you talked about how that was your biggest takeaway from uh, coming out was being able to, um, I forget the words that you use, so please fill them in for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I forget the ones you, you wrote out when we were talking, before we were talking. I forgot too. That's okay. I'm gonna, look, I'm gonna look them up really quickly so we can make sure we're using. Uh, not everyone I meet will like me, and that's okay. Yes, that's exactly what you just said. So, and that having that um, that piece of acceptance and that piece of clarity, really, and and being okay with the transition you're experiencing, and I mean transition emotionally, mentally, you know not necessarily physically there's there's this transition uh spiritually is what i meant to say spiritually that is happening and and that spiritual transition above the gender because the genders i would even say there's a deeper piece to that which is the spirituality and living your authentic self so there's the sexuality and the gender and those are two things where we have felt we've had to struggle identify ourselves or define ourselves in those areas because those are areas of our world that have been defined for us. And so we're like, no, I don't actually fit in these categories. There's more categories here, myself included. Um, there's some categories and I'm like, no, I don't fit there, but I definitely fit over here. Uh, and then this, so the spirituality of it and to be able to have that fluidity in the same ways we're trying to create that fluidity for ourselves and our, uh, create that fluidity socially externally we're trying to create this external fluid fluidity but then sometimes there can be this challenge spiritually to stick to that fluidity emotionally and spiritual spiritually and mentally and so if i'm making sense to you can you help uh chat chat more about how that has been for you sure yeah um actually for me it started spiritually i think um so i was thinking like I said, I read that book before that mm. kind of pointed out that gender is something that is created. It's different than biological sex. I got kind of getting into the nitty gritty of things and my brain being like, uh, yeah, okay. Yes, that's true. Wow. Um, but then later after suffering it down for a couple of years and getting more into spirituality and doing like the inner work for myself, thinking about like, okay, we all have divine masculine and we all have divine feminine. Um, each person acts on either part differently. Um, to be spiritually healthy, you know, we probably should all act on both equally, but that's mm -hmm. 
it's different for everyone. It's a learned behavior. Was, right. Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. The way that they're viewed, the way that they're portrayed, the way that we talk about them, it's all impacted by our society. Mm-hmm. Um, and it made me think about like, well, I'm just a soul having, I'm a spiritual being having a human experience. Yeah. And my spirit is divine masculine and divine feminine. And my spirit is just the spirit. And that's who I am is my spirit. My spirit is what is making me. So how can a doctor look at my body and say, this is who, this is what category you fit in when it's my soul and my insides Mm. that are me. I don't, I don't know if that's a little Makes too sense. abstract. Total does. <laughs> and what, the way I kind of look at it is, for example, I'm looking outside my window and I see leaves blowing in the wind, right? And there's nothing I can control about that. There's nothing I can do to change that. There's nothing I can do to impact that. I do the same thing when I'm watching birds fly. It's like, yeah, I guess the bird could impact where they're landing, right? So maybe the bird has some natural way of thinking. Um, the flag, for example, you can control the flag being up and out, but you can't control the flag blowing in the wind or if it's just laying on the pole, uh, you know, hanging down on the pole. So for me, when I do that, when I, when I observe those things, it's so incredibly fascinating to me. When I'm the other day at dinner, I was talking about our garden and we were talking about planting asparagus and how asparagus grows and it just naturally evolves to a new bulb, which then, you know, promotes more asparagus and stuff. So these little intricate ways that it just happens there's nothing we have to do to make it happen it can just happen on its on its own that is mind-blowing to me that to me is is the place to be it's just things happening and being fluid and them happening and allowing things to you know to just take place in the way that they take place spiritually minded by the way because when it comes to your journey and and there are appropriate times to define yourself there are appropriate times to stand up and make your, your, you know, your needs and your boundaries known, especially when there are people who are not of that same mindset of being fluid and that same spirituality of learning how to be fluid. There are individuals who they don't necessarily wake up and say, I'm going to be evil today. Right. They don't like (laughs) plan it on, you know, when they're waking up and getting out of bed, but they do have this approach to their spirituality in this not healthy way. Right. And so when they are approaching their spirituality in those ways, it's important for our spirituality to be protected and our fluidity to be making sure that we're not allowing that negativity to penetrate our positivity. And, and even calling it negative is, is like saying male or female in, in my mind. I really try not to say I'm right versus wrong. It's the same thing as female versus male. We're putting, we're imposing judgments on somebody else. And so I usually, try to extend love and light. Um, I'll even give an example of myself when I was not in a spiritually minded state and I was driving through, I, you know, I I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I've shared this story several times because for me, it was like this mind blowing experience for myself, just watching myself have this experience. But I was driving through this little town and this woman looked like she just got out of bed. Her hair was like a total mess but she was dressed like she was ready to go to this like Broadway show or something. And I, and I instantly had this thought of like, lady, why do you care what everybody thinks about in your front yard? Like what you look like in your front yard? 
And then I was driving and like within seconds, this all happened. And it was like this hoity-toity town. And I was like, who am I right now? Like, who do I even like, one, who am I to even define this area as hoity-toity? I have no idea. I've never, I don't even know a single person who lives here. Like how, that's what? And then secondly, why do I care what this woman's dressed like in her front yard? Here I am saying, why do you care what people? And then I'm the one thinking the same, like judging her for why she cares what people, right? Just didn't make any sense. And so I'm driving, after I had that moment, that split second, like process in my head, I was driving down, like, this is not who I am. This is not who I want to be. This is not who I want to partake, how I want to partake in my physical experience in this world. And so that one, don't be hard on yourself if you do have those moments, because that is from watching TV or hearing ads. Like that yeah. way of thinking <laughs> is imprinted on you if you allow it to be. And two, give yourself, uh, so give yourself some grace, but two, being able to recognize it and changing it and getting yourself back to that fluidity, that fluid state is so valuable. And that process and how you do that is very empowering because then I was able to take the next 20 minutes to literally energetically send that woman love and light, like apologizing, even though she had no idea what just <laughs> happened. I was like, yeah. that was not fair to you. That was not fair to this town. That was not fair to me to even have those, like, that's not who I am. Um, and I really spent 20 minutes of like getting myself out of that whole old negative way of thinking and into my new desirable fluid state and we can do that in all areas of our life not just with our gender or sexuality um, so thank you for sharing your story this has been a very incredible to hear uh, especially where it really at the core of what we're talking about is transition and change and how to create that safety in the freedom we desire how to find safety in the freedom we create right um, and not letting those imposed perspectives guide our spirituality or anything else thereafter. I always tell people, this is kind of like my catchphrase at my old job, that change is literally the only constant. It's the only thing that we can really count on. So to be able to accept yeah. that can be a journey, but it's helpful. That right there is like, <laughs> change is the only thing we can count on. That's like, I gotta let that one sink. That's true. <laughs> I've never heard that before. Change is the only thing we can count on. I love that. That's awesome. That is a very amazing mantra. That is like, that is going to be so powerful to many <laughs> of the people that I work with. <laughs> Another one that I is one of my favorites is um, pain is inevitable. Suffering is an option. Mm -hmm. That yep. transition, that change, it will be painful, but you do not have to suffer through it. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's true. This is awesome. Well, thank you for being here. No, no, thank you for having me. You're very welcome. <laughs>